0: Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Teresa Melito-Connor's PhD. She is the founder of Dr. MC's Self-Care Cabaret, a suite of theater-inspired self-care and professional development services. So much to learn. What a cool conversation. Thanks for listening. And by the way, it'd be so cool if you would... uh, Go to my website, stephenmoletto.com slash reviews, and uh, left a review for the podcast. Could you do that for me? You know, another way you could do it would be by uh, going uh, you know, to the app that you're listening to me on and go find the podcast artwork, then go down through the episodes, and there at the bottom you'll find a place to uh, um, leave some star ratings. You know, that'd be awesome if you wanted to give me a five-star uh, rating. huh? Cool. Could you do that? <laughs> or a- as well as uh, leave a review about the podcast. That's how we get found in uh, podcast land, and it would be so cool if you did that for me. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy
1: the show. It's the Education Podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know. that here's another show with Dr. Steve Milletto teaching, learning, leading K-12. Teaching, learning, leading K-12.
0: Teaching, learning, leading K-12. Ah, ah, with Docs D. Teresa Molito connors Ph.D., Dr. M.C. is the founder of Dr. M.C.'s Self-Care Cabaret, a suite of theater-inspired self-care and professional development services for helping professionals. The Self-Care Cabaret encompasses workshops, a podcast, and educational curricula focused on accessible, realistic strategies that equip and empower. Dr. M.C. first recognized the need for such strategies in her early days as a special education administrator. She realized individuals in people-first, service-oriented roles often struggle with prioritizing self-care and work-life balance and lack resources. Curious, Dr. M.C. pursued her Ph.D. in educational leadership from Lesley University, honing in on self-care and renewal for helping professionals. In addition to her doctorate and published research, Teresa is a licensed K-12 counselor with a Master's of Education and School Counseling from Salem State University and a BA in Theater Studies from Emerson College. Her true joy is bringing her scholarship, experience, and zest to audiences of all kinds nationwide. Dr. MC has a growing social community at Dr. MC Self-Care on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn and lives in Massachusetts. Teresa, glad to have you on the show. Say hi to everyone.
1: Thank you so much, Stephen. I'm excited to be here. Hi, everyone.
0: <laughs> well, glad to have you here. It's Awesome uh, to talk with you, and uh, I gotta, I gotta ask you. I mean, you have this big theater background. I mean, what was it that you really liked about that world?
1: Oh goodness, I do have a big theater background. So I started dancing when I was about three years old, which uh, was many years ago at this point. And um, you know, I I performed all through growing up, and and decided to pursue it, um, you know, possibly professionally uh, through my undergraduate studies at Emerson College, and. You know, I found that world just didn't really, it was magical, but it also was not as sustaining and not as stable as I think I was, I was looking for. So, I mean, what I love most about it is the magic that happens, the creativity that happens and the community that emerges. It's a really tight knit community when you work in theater. Um, and you end up just making these incredible bonds with people throughout moving from show to show or doing different choreography, which I had done meeting, similar meeting amazing people. And just that it was just awesome. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's cool so uh did you have a particular part or type of part that you liked
1: oh anything i always the dancing roles roles where i could sing and dance and act so my first starring role was in a musical the musical version of fame where i played carmen diaz was the lead in fame very nice
0: very cool awesome the uh i love that that's you know one of the things that uh um i have gotten a couple chances to go to New York and see a couple uh, um, off-Broadway and on-Broadway performances. And my all-time favorite was I got to see Cats at the Winter Garden Theater. Uh, my wife and I went there, and um, she loves cats. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I I was like, oh, this will be good, because I'd heard, heard the music and thought it'd be good. It was way beyond good it's (laughs) It's
1: spectacular i mean the whole the whole thing
0: (laughs) oh yes and they'd been in that winter garden theater for so long that they had all these trap doors and all kinds of special effects and all kinds of things and that oh that was that was incredible
1: Uh, that's an experience for sure and that one i mean you had to learn a whole dance style to be in the musical cats they really embody all the movements of cats
0: they sure did and it was just something else it's like you know you just kind of had to um, let go of reality for a while. And I mean, it was easy because I mean, those performers were, I mean, I'd be a little concerned cause they probably were walking around now. <laughs> with Luke. I know
1: meowing and, <laughs> yes. and doing cat like things.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I've always had I'm a I'm fun- sure
1: it's hard to break out of that for sure. <laughs> and the costumes and that and makeup are spectacular oh, too. It
0: in- oh, it was insane. It was awesome. So good, good stuff. I, had, uh, um, but that's, that's so cool that, uh, that was your world. And, uh, um, I think that's, uh, that's so awesome. So, you know, you're a K through 12 licensed counselor. What has been something that impacted you the most from being in that field?
1: Yeah, so completely switching channels, right? It <laughs> yes, feels like. Yes. <laughs> so I don't currently work as a licensed counselor, but I do have that credential and I have worked in that world. Um, and it's still very much part of the underpinnings of the self-care cabaret as well. I would think for me, that role really emphasized the importance of mental health. Because I worked um, in a therapeutic high school with students with a variety of social-emotional challenges and mental health challenges. And although I loved the work, um, it just really highlighted the importance of mental health, the lack of resources and understanding around mental health. And really, that's actually how my interest in self-care emerged through being in that role.
0: Oh, that's cool. So that and that's what I was kind of wondering because you kind of have a combination here of the theater and the counselor part of you. And, uh, and you know, I mean, your program's called Dr. MC's Self Care Cabaret. And uh, so what made you say that this is what I got to do? I mean, because it, it's cool. And, yeah. did, you know, did it have like other things where you said, nah, that name doesn't work. Oh, that name doesn't work. Whoa, maybe, you know? <laughs>
1: You know, it was, I wanted to be Dr. MC's something because I thought it was really cool when I um, was earning my PhD. I thought having that honor to be distinguished as doctor is pretty cool. Very I still cool. think that. Cool. And I thought Dr. MC, because my name being Melito Connors, I thought, I like that Dr. MC. It's very theatrical. And, you know, Dr. MC's self-care something, like self-care what? Self-care corner, self-care this. Like I did go back and forth and my husband actually helped me come up with the name. And when he said self self-care cabaret. It was one of those moments that like the lights, the spotlights went on and I heard bells ringing and I knew that that would be, that was it. Cause it really encompasses me and brings kind of my theater expertise and my energy and my enthusiasm and kind of wraps it all up in a nice little bow. I think anyway.
0: <laughs> very cool. Very cool. So, and it, I just, you know, I was just wondering cause you know, with the, uh, you know, as you're, you're trying to figure something out and it works, it's a nice thing and it's different too which is 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 different and uh so i didn't know if like uh you know hopefully this comes out right (laughs) as a as a theater person i mean did you celebrate i mean do do you have a a way that you talk once in a while and say i think this is it or i I don't know you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) there might have been some some dramatic moments afterwards (laughs) No, and it really, though, it, it was a way, at first, I just wanted a way to share with folks the importance of self-care. And it's still, that is kind of the, the root of it all, just wanting to share this knowledge and help people, especially helping professionals practice better self-care and really understand what the meaning is the true meaning of self-care. So through my own kind of lived experience and journey, and then my doctoral research, realizing this is a big problem. And how am I going to share this information? So I needed a name for what started as a little Facebook page back about um, 2019. And it has really blossomed into something amazing and it continues to grow.
0: Very cool. And I, you know, I, told you before we started recording, I'm uh, now a subscriber to your uh, podcast and, uh, and good information, good stuff. So we're going to get into that too here, in just a second. And, uh, you know, and one of the things I want to remind you, is my, you know, my audience is educators and parents of all backgrounds and job descriptions. And in recent times, you know, much has been said about burnout and, and uh, being overwhelmed. I mean, could you talk about the importance of understanding self-care to combat these feelings?
1: Yeah, a lot of that comes from society. Society doesn't reward us when we use our vacation days or our paid time off. As a matter of fact, it makes us feel guilty about doing these things. So a lot of my work is centered around kind of dismantling those misconceptions around self-care and really teaching folks that it can be little things, it can be small shifts that you make in your routine, but we're really we're not talking about mani petties here at the self-care cabaret. We're talking about how you feed yourself, how you move your body, how you soothe your body, how you rest the relationships that you have. Like it's really a robust framework to look at several different domains and then really pick and choose. Everybody has strengths and weaknesses, but figuring out where yours are and then seeing what you can do about it so that you show up as the best you possible.
0: I love that. Love it. You know, it's, and it, you're so right. There's, there's no re- really, I mean, the interesting reward you get for if you take a, a day to yourself is that you come back to whatever you come back to, <laughs> Right. <laughs> and, which is like, you know, it's a little bothersome to think about some of it sometimes that you go, yeah, maybe I won't take any day, you know? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it almost becomes worse. But a lot of that is too, you know, when we look at our self-care and how we're currently practicing or what we're not doing or where we have areas of weakness, it's also a lot about boundaries, like other things you can offload. Like, what are you saying yes to that is draining your energy and how can you shift that and begin to make yourself the priority? Because self-care is really other care. So if you take care of yourself first, it's like magic. It does allow you to better care for others.
0: That's very cool. So, I'm about to tell you a story, and I'm a storyteller. Kids used to tell, used to say, now I am grandpa age. But, they, you know, in, in those days when I wasn't, they used to say, you're like my grandpa. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I love stories.
0: But, uh, you know, all right. So, as a teacher, one of the things I learned was that principals needed you to do things, right? And uh, so I went in with the idea of, I'd say, you know, what you need help with, right? And as a result of that, that's how. Um, now, in the Army, I learned how to play soccer, and I was a soccer goalie and did some things there, and that's how I got to help coach goalies um, in, in the soccer programs and uh, had fun there. But uh, the one that's in your world is uh, at one school, know, yeah, I said that, and, and the principal looked at me and he said, well, you know, we haven't had theater here in 15 years. And I went, whoa, 15 years. I think I can do better than <laughs> not 15 years. And so I went to my friends who did different work at uh, some different uh, professional theaters and stuff and I said, I need some help and I thanks to a media specialist who helped me uh, exit. this school had one of these old stages that are built in the cafeteria.
1: Oh a cafetorium. Yes exactly we some of those up here in Massachusetts. Yes, exactly. this school uh, had a cafetorium. We did have a theater <laughs> space, but it was technically in the middle school.
0: Well, this school did not have one of those. It had the cafetorium, and that's where you use. And I had a, I had to build, I had a closet that I was able to make mine um, for the event. And, you know, we had some lights installed and stuff to bring it up to, to to actually do some fun stuff like this. And, you know, it did all kinds of cool things. And uh, I actually met a physics professor who, uh, um, a physics teacher, who had been at the school forever. And he said, hey, he goes, you know, a long time ago, I built a a light box for the for this for the theater group he goes did you find that and i said well no there's not anything that <laughs> i he said well let me look around well he had this thing i guess the whoever it was gave it back to him and and so he had it in a closet and he gave it oh to me. oh my goodness now this was this this was don't think professional light you know
1: Oh, no, I've done enough community theater and school productions to know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay, so what he
0: did was he had built something with house dimmers, right? And so, like, the type you have in your house. Now, it was really cool, but I learned something very valuable that uh, he didn't think to tell me about, um, which was, uh, so I'm doing rehearsal one afternoon, and... uh, we, uh, we power up all the lights. We've gotten these new lights, got them installed and stuff, thanks to the media specialist who lent me part of her budget because all I had when I inherited the group was 50 bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you're lucky you had that much. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> and uh, uh, powered that all up, blew out all the lights in the in the <gasps> south end of the school. The power, oh, everything went out. Poof, and all these people are going, uh, anybody know what happened to the lights? <laughs> you know, nothing worked. Yeah, so there's whoops i had fun in that uh that was a that was a blast it, oh it's, awesome. that, it's that guy Maletto who's trying to get theater well, what's going. he
1: doing in there with the kids <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> Boom.
0: um so got everybody's attention oh definitely got everybody's <laughs> attention yes I, that uh i had a habit of doing stuff like that you know it's but it's uh it's a funny thing because uh learned a lot about uh um, working with people but you know when you and working with kids and working with other adults because I depended a lot on reaching out to people and saying, Hey, can you help me? <laughs> can, can you help me? And I guess I was pitiful enough that many of them would say, Oh, how can I resist telling him? Yes? <laughs> so, you know, and so I'd get people and I spent a lot of, I mean, theater takes time. If you're going to produce a show and you're going to work and you're going to Do all the blocking and all kinds of stuff, and uh, you know, and especially when you got kids who have really no theater background, and you're trying to help them, and this guy who has no theater background (laughs) trying to help them be theater people. And the uh, where I was going with that is that after a while, you start going. I'm spending a lot of time (laughs) on the club, which I get paid about seven hundred dollars for the entire year to do. Spread out across twelve checks, yeah. and uh and not as much time on my classes. That I'm really—that's what I'm hired to teach, and <laughs> you know that type of thing kind of kind of wears on you. And it, you know, and it's it's interesting because even though I had fun, it was great doing it because we also had to do fundraisers, and you got to paint oh, yeah. the sets, and you got to build the sets, and, you get, and it, because we did everything. And um you know, it's self care is an interesting thing. And back in those days, I just thought, well, you know it it'll all pass. We'll figure this out. <laughs> but, uh, you see now a lot of, you know, people that don't understand to take those breaks. So that was a long story to kind of, to get to the point that I, I can imagine with uh, talking about and teaching about self-care that uh, you have some um, topics that kind of come back up and in a minute. We're going to um, get to a few of the um, types of some of the presentations that you talk, um, that you do, but, uh, you've spoken to many organizations. Could you talk about some of the more popular or most requested topics that they want you to address? I mean, what are you,
1: what are they really asking? Yeah. For? I mean, self-care comes up a lot and really, I think since COVID-19, since the pandemic kind of started, it really highlighted the emphasis that the way things were going weren't working. And for a lot of people, you know, facing burnout and stress, and COVID has actually exacerbated that in a lot of ways and I feel like people though are beginning to realize hey my health actually matters my my work-life balance actually matters and I need to really take control of this so that's been kind of great because i get to teach a lot of people about self-care and work-life balance and stress management another topic that is really popular is trauma sensitive classrooms and trauma recovery and helping you know educators learn how to work with students who have been impacted by trauma and as we're seeing more you know at least in my work i'm seeing an increase of students impacted by trauma. And I believe that is, you know, kind of across the board that folks are seeing that. So the student needs are increasing and teachers really need the skills and need the tools to help those students, to teach all students, of course, but particularly those impacted by trauma can be rather tricky.
0: I can only imagine, most definitely. And, uh, you know, it's something that we're more and more aware of. You know, I was talking with a a gentleman recently who's a psychiatrist and he was talking about... uh, um, by the way, not to imply that, uh, not that there's anything wrong with getting therapy,
1: <laughs> but, no, I'm a huge proponent of therapy. <laughs> yes.
0: I, I kind of thought about the way I just said that it's like, he is a friend of mine. Yes. There's <laughs> Hey, doctor. Let me tell you about this friend of mine. Never mind. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really getting off the beaten path there. <laughs> of the, you know, it's, uh, I was just talking with him about, uh, you know, in the past, I guess kind of in our society was kind of this feeling that you just don't talk about this stuff. Yeah. And and, uh, do you kind of struggle sometimes with those who think that I need to tell you something versus those who, you know, feel like they should just keep it in them?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think there's definitely, you know, that kind of mentality But I don't think it's not helping anybody not talking about these things like we have to, you know, work to destigmatize mental health and understand that everybody has struggles and that it's okay to ask for help and to lean on your communities or take a break or, you know, shift your narrative. So you're putting yourself first. It's more than okay. It's kind of critical to our survival that we really take this position and prioritize ourselves.
0: Gotcha. You know, it's uh Um, it's just an interesting thing because I think that, uh, you know, that's that's a major shift in how we think about that.
1: Uh, Yeah. Even during my doctoral research, I, you know, I was studying self-care and renewal for leaders and teachers and how they need to practice it, but also promote it for their teachers and then their teachers practice it and promote it for their students. And this can really impact student achievement. It really has profound impact and some of the leaders it was really funny in some of my interviews were like well what do you want me to do like ask my teachers if they slept good <laughs> like well you could maybe create a culture where it's okay to just talk about certain things That would be all awkward about it <laughs> but really you know making that okay and you know sometimes leaders are all like oh you know I I'm I, am in, in tune with what my teachers need and this that and the other thing yet they have an expectation and set a culture that you know you, you should respond to emails when, after hours you are expected to do all these additional things or you know you can just tell when a culture in a school if like the vibe is supportive or if it's not and sometimes actions well I should say often actions speak louder than words so you know you can't on one hand say that you have your teacher's best interest at heart and then in the next hand create this culture that doesn't support that 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 makes teachers feel bad about taking time off or using personal days or taking a sick day it's just those two things don't work but it's hard it's hard to do that
0: it really is i mean that's an interesting thing there especially as a note when there are forces or powers that be that do uh, you know, kind of frown on the fact that uh, you uh, um, are encouraging <laughs> your staff to take time off because it's like who's going to be with the, who's going to be with the kids you know it's like um, and so uh, that that in itself uh, causes its own issues so so let's talk about a few of the the topics that you uh, and presentations that you do like one of them um, you have a presentation titled the power of developing and promoting your growth mindset so what's growth mindset and why is it important
1: yeah I love growth mindset. So this comes from uh, Dr. Carol Dweck's um, kind of revolutionary research on growth versus fixed mindset. So with a growth mindset, basically you understand that abilities can be developed. It might take hard work, it might take some failure, trial and error, whatever you wanna call it, but that someone's true potential is unknown and unknowable. So you, you, you you get people that maybe if we, if we actually, if we think about, you know, some of the greatest people in history and we really think about their story you know, Muhammad Ali comes comes to mind, you know, nobody thought Muhammad Ali was going to amount to anything. And look, he's an icon and there's there's a lot of them. Um, Christopher Reeve, um, Superman. He actually, after that tragic accident, he ended up, he worked so hard, he ended up reshaping some of um, the science that goes along with um, his healing process. And he surpassed anyone's expectations for what he would be able to do after that accident. And a lot of athletes, um, you know, ha- definitely exhibit a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Whereas people believe that, you know, intelligence and talent, these are just like fixed traits. And that even if you were to spend time working on them, you're not going to be able to improve or them to get any better.
0: Gotcha. So, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that in, you know, education, one of the things we try and do, well, outside education, one of the things that, you know, the message to parents is to try and help them understand um, those as well. Well, just as much as they need to understand it and working with their children, (laughs) we sometimes have to think of ourselves and, As, you know, different type of children, but as educators that uh, we need to understand some of this, too. And so I would think that uh, I I can understand why this would be a topic that people would want you to talk about. Um, What are they hoping to what are you hoping to deliver? What's that message that you really want them to take away from uh, when you talk about growth mindset?
1: One of the important things that I always think of or maybe like an easy way to kind of remember. We all have bits of growth and fixed mindset but some people tend to swing more towards fix versus more towards growth in some areas and, and in different areas but you can work to develop more of a growth mindset. And it actually research shows that the view you adopt for yourself actually profoundly affects the way you lead your life. So if you are always kind of that negative fixed mindset that you're not ever going to get any better, or things are just kind of the way they are, that's going to impact how you lead your life versus the, what the research shows about people with a growth mindset in that they tend to be more resilient when they Face setbacks or obstacles or challenges. So, why try to really stress that with folks, especially when we kind of layer it on top of self care? Because everything always comes back to self care with me. So, you have to, you know, if you look at that and then we kind of layer self care onto it, you have a lot of control over how you show up in the world and your health and well being.
0: You know, that's so awesome. Cause, uh, just a note, uh, I had a chance um to go a couple of times to go fishing in Alaska to catch king salmon and cool it was and 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 not only was the experience of catching the fish cool but just the experience of where we were because you had to take a float plane into this river and you went to a camp and you stayed in this camp and uh, you know there's um this is a dated reference, but I grew up on old TV shows. Uh, no phone, no lights, no motor cars, you know, type of thing. Do you know where that's from?
1: <laughs> I don't, actually. And oh. I know a lot of old TV shows. I'm kind of surprised.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, just sit right back and I hear a tale, tale of a faithful trip that started from this traffic port aboard this tiny ship. And if I keep singing, you're going to go, I still don't get it. Man. No, is it
1: Gilligan's Island? Yes. Yes. There it no. Is. no, I was, I was <laughs> going to guess that, but that really wasn't one. All right. If you had done, I love Lucy, ah. or like bewitched <laughs> or I dream a genie. I'd have been right there with you from the beginning. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha.
0: Um, so anyway, there's, there's uh, the only power they had out there was for the generators and they were, um, for the generators to run the, the freezers and the ice chests and the stuff for how they cooked his food and save the fish and stuff like this. But, uh, to be where there is no <laughs> there's no connectivity. Mm. Your phone does not work. There is no Wi-Fi, there is nothing and there is no there, there were no people out there and except for the people of the fish camp and to to stop and look around and see uh, you know I was a, I, um, I was in uh, elementary school in the early seventies. And there was a big push in those days to try and figure out how to save the, the American bald eagle because they were using pesticides in those days that were getting into the, the fish and stuff like this. And the birds were eating them. And uh, of course that was yeah. killing their young. And, and, and so it was a cool thing to be out there and there's bald eagles everywhere. <laughs> they're literally everywhere. And you see That's them awesome. and they're constantly flying. And we saw babies and stuff like this. And, and it's just being in that environment itself talk about self care. Um, It was like I say. It
1: sounds really soothing for your nervous system to just be in that uh, disconnected environment.
0: It was, especially because when I when I told people at work, I said, "You know, I'll be gone once I get. I'll contact you when I get to Anchorage. Once I leave Anchorage, you will not be able to talk to me anymore. There is no, yeah, yeah, yes. Do you just connect your phone? No, I'll be gone for those number of days, and that in itself was rejuvenating. (laughs)
1: Mm. No, absolutely. So
0: just an, a note, I got to I got to say that's very helpful. If you ever had a thought of it, just getting away, that's one of the ways of doing it, especially when you don't have to deal with traffic or any of that sort of stuff. So um yeah. So in the description of the presentation, the intersection of trauma, resilience, and self-care, you note this. In theater, in the round refers to a performance where an actor can see three sides of an audience. They're spaces that foster deep connection and trust. In the same way, service professionals are uniquely positioned to help others overcome challenges and build resilience. Could you talk about your focus here?
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorite presentations. So if you look at the research on trauma, we so we know what trauma is Trauma, a deeply distressing, disturbing experience. We don't have to go into more detail than that. But so you have a traumatic event. Well, what researchers and experts tell us that the best way to overcome trauma is by building resilience and resilience is thought to be something that isn't uh, extraordinary, meaning you can build resilience. It isn't something that like some people have and some people don't. So if we look at trauma and we look at resilience and we know that resilience helps us to overcome or bounce back from our trauma, we can look at kind of the main components and what the research tells us about how to build resilience. And the main ways are connection, so making sure you have connection to other people, to resources and whatnot, healthy thinking. So that gets into our mindset, our growth mindset, Um, meaning, so making sure that we Just feel like our life has meaning and purpose and that we're really filling up kind of that domain of our lives and then overall wellness. So those are the four ways that help us kind of build resilience. Well, if you layer that over the 10 domains of self-care, I briefly mentioned in the beginning that there's um, several domains of self-care. If we start to kind of look at those, they intersect very, very well with resilience. So by nature of practicing self-care, you're building your your own resilience. So it's going to help you promote it to others, which in turn will help you get over your trauma that maybe you've experienced but also that for your students so again another vote and another plug for self-care and really the in the round concept all of my workshops have kind of theater inspired titles and different things as we kind of incorporate all of that um, messaging into the self-care cabaret and in what that is so that was kind of a way to just explain the intersection of those uh, three elements
0: oh i love it works beautifully I mean, it's yeah no i, I got some. you are so right it's it works really well um it's so good stuff i mean so i have got to ask you all right so we're you're kind of getting close to finishing up here and you know so if you had a chance to be a closing speaker at a conference of school principals now it's important who i'm talking who you're talking hmm, to right? school principals school principals okay. who are getting ready to start the new school year what would be something that you would want to make sure that they remember from your talk
1: I would want to emphasize a couple of things first. A reminder that self-care is other care. This is not selfish. You have to put your needs first. And especially as leaders, you need to practice self-care and promote it for others. I would also encourage them to consider the system of oppression that exists within education. It is a tough job to work in education. And there's lots of top-down pressure and there's constantly new initiatives and new things. So I would stress to the school principals to make sure that, they understand that they can set the culture within their schools to either promote self-care and well-being for their staff or not and by do hopefully they choose to promote it and that by doing that they can actually help to dismantle some of the systemic pressures that exist in the field of education it's a phenomenal field it's so inspiring and so amazing but it can be so tough
0: you know, you're so right. I, I, you know, one of the things that uh, you made me think of is a, I, I had a couple of um, principals who were uh, mentors to me who uh, I worked with them at different times, and they used to say things, uh, although they didn't know each other and they weren't in the same building or in the same school system, uh, they used to say similar things like, you know, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, sometimes we we uh, uh, feel illness coming on, and uh, which means that you should take advantage and uh, make sure that you, uh, you know, Go ahead and go home or, or not come to work for a day and uh you know, get yourself better and you know, hint, hint, just fill out that form now <laughs> and <laughs> take that break. All right, you know, and and uh which I always thought was cool because it was kind of like even though it was a hint hint, wink wink, you know, I'd rather you you go while you're still feeling okay, but you know, you could use a break as opposed to, you know, you've really really in suffering a little bit and need yeah. more than just a break. So I thought that was cool. So good, good stuff. You want to tell them I that's, I'm a former high school principal and uh um yeah, there's sometimes we get accused of thinking only one way or <laughs> not paying sure. attention to people and stuff like that. So that's why I asked you to, what it would be like to talk to that group.
1: It's a hard job and it's difficult and I appreciate how challenging it is, but I also want to inspire and encourage folks to realize though they have, they have some power here.
0: Love it. The, uh, you know, so tell us how a school or school district or other organization could engage to talk with, uh, to get you to talk with their teams.
1: Yeah, I'd love that. So you know, head over to my website, drmcselfcare.com. I have a contact page there. You can also see lots of other interesting um, information and poke around, but right on the contact page is a way you can message me and talk about the potential of setting up a presentation or just send me a note, say hello or other general inquiries, whatever you want. But that's the, probably the easiest way.
0: Very cool. And I will have uh, information about your, your page in my, uh, your
1: webpage in my show notes. Um, Do you hang out in any social media or anything like that? I do very active on social media, uh, primarily Instagram and Facebook at Dr. MC self-care. So it's D-R-M-C self-care and also on LinkedIn under Teresa Molito Connors, or there is a Dr. MC self-care cabaret page. And the podcast is on all major platforms under the business name of Dr. MC's self-care cabaret.
0: Very cool, and it's very informative. Listen to a lot of your episodes now, so good stuff. Looking forward to the next one. And I will put all that information in my show notes so it's easy to find, uh, especially you guys listening on the phones. You just go to that page, and boom, you can click and be right there. So, Yeah, awesome. Good stuff. So, Teresa, i got uh, two more questions to ask you, and these are just questions I like to ask my guests. And the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you want to quit?
1: Yeah. So if you're feeling like you want to quit, that's a cue that it's time to take a step back and not quit necessarily, but reevaluate what it is that you got going on. Where can you create more space? What are maybe some commitments that you've said yes to that you're like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that, that you can get yourself out of, honestly. I mean, it's no shame in saying, oh, you know what? I changed my mind. I'm so sorry. I thought I could do that, but I can't. And really considering your boundaries and maybe even strengthening your boundaries if you're finding that there's some things that are draining your energy but it's really it's really a cue to start tuning in and figure out why you're feeling that way and how you can shift that
0: excellent love it last question do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life if so who was it and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you
1: Oh, goodness. Well, expressing gratitude is actually an important self-care practice. So um, let's see. I've been blessed to have many phenomenal educators throughout my education. But one that comes to mind was my junior year uh, pre-calculus teacher. I was never, math has really never been my thing. And unfortunately, I had some maybe not great teachers along the way that just I miss some of those foundational pieces. And although I managed to stay in honors classes and I did extra credit till I was like exhausted from it and was always willing to do extra, there's that growth mindset. But, um, you know, I got to junior year in high school and was really struggling. And I would stay after school with Mrs. Hatch and she just she I remember saying to me one day, you just miss some of the foundations. Once we get you the foundational pieces, you're going to be just fine. And sure enough, after a short period of time, I was in the top of the class and then I would stay after school so I could help other students still hanging out with her. But I really didn't need the extra help anymore because I had gotten that little that little gap somewhere along the way that um, I had missed. So she really helped me and just furthered that growth mindset in that I could be a math student and a successful one.
0: That is awesome. I love it. I love it. Thanks for sharing that story. Uh, Teresa, it's so cool talking with you today. I mean, what an incredible focus you have. Um, I love Dr. MC's self-care cabaret. What a cool website, all kinds of good information there. And you got so many cool talks that you have with people and got to make sure listeners, you go to uh, Teresa's podcast. Awesome stuff. Um, Wishing you the best in all you do.
1: Thank you so much. You too.
0: Hey, you have been listening to Teaching Learning Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching, Learning, Leading, K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmuleto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.